what is going on comic fam it's your boy the bearded comic bro and i am joined by comic creator ed davis welcome to the show my friend oh thank you so much for having me yeah i'm excited we've been you know we've been trying to connect for a while and schedules are just been, been crazy on my end so thank you for your patience but you uh you're in the midst of a kickstarter for your comic series immortal era and we're going to hop into that and talk about, but I always like to ask when I have a new creator on my show, is that something that you've always had a passion for comics? Like, you know, growing up, did you read comics and things like that? Or did you kind of come later to the game of finding a love for comics? I mean, I had a love for comics very young. It was one of the first books I really remember reading. And it was a just a collected version of Spider-Man. And it had, you know, the the origin and I think like the first six issues or something and it just got me instantly hooked but really at that time I never thought I could be a comic creator because in my mind it's just I thought you got to be artistic to be able to create a comic book and here I could try my hardest to draw something and it would look like complete garbage so I thought this isn't really for me and it really wasn't until it was after college even because I just thought you know this comic writing I'd love to do it but it's not really in the cards for me and the school that I work at the librarian he's he's the letterer now he was a Cuba school graduate and he said oh my gosh your idea is really good we got to make a comic book out of this so that's when I just thought all right well maybe I can make a comic book because I mean I have a love for comic books all the long boxes taking up space in my garage would definitely verify that I've been I mean, crazy collector for a long time. And then just realizing, wait, I can do this. And also it's kind of the the time is right to put your own material out right. because you can self-publish in ways that you you could never do in the past. You don't have to wait for someone to come and pick you up. If you have a story to tell, you can just go out and tell it. And as soon as I realized that, I was all in and I started taking all these notes because they went back many years, all the way back to 1998 and started adapting all of these notes into comic scripts. So kind of just took me years to realize that, that, wow, I can do a comic book. It's, you know, something I've loved forever. And now I can actually be a part of that. Man, there's so many things I want to hit on of what you just talked about because there's so much <laughs> gems to mine out there. Um, first off, you mentioned the long, long boxes. So are oh, yeah. you still actively collecting or are you, is it kind of like you have, you've been collecting when you're, you know, and now you're kind of like, I'm more focused on creating comics and collecting. I still actively collect. I, it, my collection is kind of shifted in the way that it's going. I still have a pull list at the local comic shop. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot that I pull on that, but I have, a, I actually just filled my first long box with nothing but Kickstarter books. So full indie, nothing but indie books, one full long box full of them. So that's kind of, that was the newest feat. I was like, wow, none of these books in here were published by anybody, but, you know, independent creators. So I still actively collect. I think I spend a lot more money on Kickstarter backing people right now than I do at the local comic shop, but I still have my, my pulls. I still enjoy reading a Batman story or a Spider-Man story, but when it's, you know, Marvel's 15th event in 15 months, you get kind of tired of that. So I'll, I'll grab things like I saw Garth Ennis was doing a Batman series and I jumped right in on that. So things like that will get me to read the Batman right. and Spider-Man, but in general, I have a pull list that's more image and stuff like that right now. That's 
I, I always just love hearing that, you know, like creators of like, what do you, you know, what do you still gravitate towards? And, you know, I never would have thought that I would be right there along with you of having an almost entire long box full of Kickstarter comics, but COVID hit Kickstarter comics seem to I get on my radar and holy buckets, y'all are creating a lot of comics. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I wish I could back more, right? but it, you know, it's like, there's so many good things. And, and unfortunately part of Kickstarter is you're not getting them at the Marvel price because right. it costs a lot. And being in their shoes, I completely understand that. So I'm willing to pay a little bit more, but it limits how many you can buy. Yeah. And it's always interesting because I feel like there is a kind of a dichotomy of Kickstarter backers versus more of just, you know, going to the LCS. And there, I feel like there's a few of us that kind of sway between, you know, the polis and the Kickstarter. So mm -hmm. when I meet a fellow person that is a Kickstarter backer and also a polis, I'm like, yes, all right. There's, yeah. there's, there's a, more of us out there. <laughs> there's definitely people out there. And I know a lot of indie creators, they don't want to read the mainstream stuff, but I want to read good stuff. So I don't care where it comes from. I want to read good and interesting stories. And I mean, I think the big publishers, they're more focused on, moving units so a lot of times it's you know this big crossover and that big crossover and those kind of alienate me and then you go in there and there's 74 covers to pick from and it's just like all right I don't need this but if someone tells me that story is amazing I'll right. go buy you know whatever the regular variant is and read it and enjoy it oh for sure well it was so neat is you know part of your process you were like you know the school that you work at your librarian is a Cuba art graduate is like oh you should do comics like that's a good endorsement like you you have an idea there so why yeah. don't you share that idea with us a little bit where did this idea originate for uh immortal era so the basically the basic idea came when i was in english lit class and i was reading the gulliver's travel just a little excerpt of this isle island that he goes to called lugnag and when he goes to that island he finds that everybody on that island is completely immortal but quickly discovers that that immortality is not a great state of being. Everybody there is, you know, they're aging. They, they have the people in the front that are the younger, happier people, but then you have the people that are hundreds of years old. They can barely move. They can't think for themselves. And he realizes that, you know, I can't stay here because this immortality might be great for a few years, but it's going to become terrible. So that just kind of launched an idea in my head. And I remember reading that and just going home from the class and just going crazy in the notebook. Like, okay, I want to take this basic idea, but go somewhere else with it. You know, this, this, this easy premise of immortality. Right. And what can I do with that? So I also wanted to incorporate kind of fantasy elements and bring in kind of the traditional representation of death, bringing that into the series as well. And then it also was feeding into all the Y2K hysteria that was going on right around that time. So in my book, when everybody becomes immortal, it's right at the new, the new millennium. And of course, everybody was talking about all the ways the world was going to go wrong when the new millennium rang in. And I just thought, what if it actually is way worse than anyone could have ever predicted? And it really literally changes the world forever. So on the year, you know, when they ring in the year 2000, that's when everybody in that, in this world becomes completely immortal. But no, they still age and they can still get sick, kind of like the Gulliver's travel version of them. 
so they're not you know ageless vampires running around and it's like yay we're immortal we can live forever and stay young forever it's like Mm -hmm. nope you're going to end up looking at people that are over 200 years old in the series and realize that's not the way i'd want to live so right now you're in the midst of the kickstarter for issue six i believe correct yes so without going too much in the detail because i know you can there are tiers where they can play catch-up tiers and stuff um you know and where where did you kind of take the story then because you know you you talk about what you your idea for it is a lot of the setup of early in issue one but you take the story drastically you know expands pretty quick um so kind of what's the elevator pitch on top of what you've already talked about with uh your comic series okay so i can give you a I'm, I'm ready. I'll give you my con elevator pitch. So let's do it. Let's be a little it. bit of what we talked about. But basically, the story takes place 200 years in the future in a post-apocalyptic world where no one can die. But with their immortality, they don't gain special abilities or powers. They continue to age. They can still get sick. So it's not a world full of superheroes. Instead, it's a world where a decapitated head still functions in society. It's in a group of underground dwellers who live in an abandoned subway system where the outcasts of this world are all forced to live. There they have to gather and gather supplies and also fight off attacks by gangs and cannibals that are trying to steal what they have. They're also on a quest to find relics from the past that would explain why people stop dying so they can restore the natural life cycle back into the world and save all of humanity by killing them. Did you catch all that gang? Cause that was a lot and it's really good. <laughs> So yeah, so it's, it's basically, I took it where it starts, where we just kind of get introduced to the characters in the world. And then it kind of takes a turn into a big fantasy quest where they're out seeking. I I don't want to be too spoilery. So they're out, we'll say seeking the relics that can bring death back into the world because that's their ultimate goal. Okay. Yep. So now I remember reading, I thought felt like issue six is wrapping up this arc correct is that or this will be the final issue for this first story arc okay so you but that means sounds like you have ideas for more to expand on this in the future oh yeah okay my my ultimate goal is to write it as a 30 issue series so i have a lot of it planned it started as a novel trilogy so basically it's being adapted and what you find what what the biggest thing i found when you're doing a novel trilogy and trying to take it into comic form is there's a lot of cutting you got to do yeah because things that you would spend you know four pages on in a novel people don't want to waste four pages of their 24 in a comic book so a lot of it was just cutting and cutting and cutting but overall i have a lot more story to tell we're actually currently working right now already on issue seven so the artist is already about halfway done with the pencils for that because I want to get a faster release schedule. I realize, you know, you talk about a 30 issue series and it's indie. We, people don't want to wait 10 years for it. So right. I'm hoping to eventually reach a release schedule where we can do a new book about every two months. Oh, cool. Okay. Nice. So you mentioned, you know, that you're already doing the art on issue number seven. How did you get the creative team? Is it been the same team all the way through as it has. how did that team this, formulate then this team it was you know just the most simple way of finding a team i went in google and i typed in writer seeking artist and it took me to 
basically like a news group. It reminded me kind of what I used to look at in the 90s. And it was just a bunch of artists that had put, put pages of their art up and links to their portfolio. And from there, I just kind of looked at the different artists and thought, what kind of style am I going for on this? And I always thought it would have a 90s vibe because that's when I started writing it. And that's when the story begins. And I found an artist that still does everything on paper. So still does it all traditional. So hand inks, hand pencils, everything. And I thought, you know, nothing wrong with computer art, but the vibe I was going for, that really hit it. And I loved his attention to background details and things like that as well. Because I like to sneak little Easter eggs in in the background and I put it in there and he'll go really deep in with what I need to have. And then the colorist actually came from Caesar. So he said, I'm working with a colorist and she, they were both working together on another comic book. And he said, I have a good colorist. Do you want to check out her work and talked with her for a little bit and she jumped right in on the team as well so it worked out nice and then like I said the librarian who kind of made this whole comic book happen he's he still works as the letterer on the book so cool so this is an idea that you've had like you said you've been since I think you said 1998 like circulating in your head um when did you drop the first issue of this first issue came out in 2019 so it was a long gap between when it was in my head and when it actually went into the world and I I think a lot of it is there's always that fear you know you're going to put something out there and people are going to destroy it and I remember the first draft that I sent to an editor they basically destroyed it I mean they ripped me a new one and and all of and and some of it rightfully so you know some of the pieces I thought you know there everybody has their opinion but some of the stuff they were right, because if you read the original first draft of my issue, it basically gives everything away. It spins, you know, the whole thing just kind of telling backstory. Like, here's what happened to the world. We're just going to go through and we're going to see all these 300 years and things that I've waited to give away in later issues. I gave everything away in one shot. So it would have made it so there was no mystery left. So what when they said that, you know, backstory can't be your story. It kind of saved the book from just being okay here you go and where do I go from there so it was nice to get beat up a little bit because you do learn from those kind of things but at the moment it wasn't great but now I look back and think you know I think it made the series and that book issue one a lot better than it would have been if I had just followed my original path well it's so cool to hear of you know creators taking like okay how can I how can I improve the craft and you know willingness to adapt and go with that because like you said it seems that it is it has benefited you by making a better story yes so so i asked why you know when it originated in your mind because i was just curious of this something that's been a part of you for a long time it sounded like and so what was it like finally when you you know you got your art you know your artist on board and your color and like you started to see some of your ideas finally come into fruition of like how'd that feel finally I mean it was those were just crazy moments because I remember just you know going through and working on the character designs and everything like that and then finally seeing okay here's this character I've been seeing in my head and now I'm looking at them on a piece of paper and it's just a really surreal feeling and then I actually had the original art pages because I 
got those from my artist and seeing those just holding them and like this is holding a dream I've had for so many years and here it is right in front of me I mean it's it's one of the most amazing feelings and then the next amazing feeling was when UPS is dropping off you know eight boxes of comic books outside your door and you realize wow this is real you know all these years I thought this story's just going to die in my head and there it is it's sitting in front of me I'm holding a copy of this and you know it really happened so it was it was an amazing feeling and I still get that rush anytime you hear that doorbell and know it's UPS with some more books you're just like wow we're we're still going it, it didn't die after one issue because that happens all the time with indie comics mm-hmm. you get a lot of great first issues maybe great first and second and then they realize that it's financially really hard to pull off so they they go away so the fact that we've made it to the first story arc and completed it it's just it, it still blows me away yeah so yeah getting i'm a, imagine getting that first comic book like oh, it's got to be such a cool thing uh especially someone that has such a passion for the hobby as well um i always like to ask though too like with a kickstarter um i know you all have different tiers is there a tier on a kickstarter that you're like this is a really cool one that i'm excited for people to have a chance to back if they want to i think the one that i'm always excited about is i do sell some of the original art pages and this time I did sell even a cover. So the, the last two campaigns, I put one of the covers out there because we had three covers on this one. We're doing two. I always do what I call short prints because that's my collector of I collected baseball cards. And that's what you would call those. Didn't realize it didn't it didn't equate to comic books, but people get the point. It's less printing. So we have the standard, the short print, and then we're doing a foil one for the first time. So I'm really excited about seeing that. And someone was able to get the foil original cover and they'll get the copy in foil. So it's always exciting when I know people are actually getting that artwork. And if they're going to, I don't sell it cheap because I would rather keep it than undersell it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that someone's willing to pay it means that they're probably going to put it up somewhere and really enjoy having it. And that just, that's just an amazing thought to think that somewhere out there, that artwork might be sitting on someone's wall. Right. Oh, it's absolutely. It's got to be a cool cool experience so it seems like you have a wide range of ideas for where this is going of like you know like you said i think you like 30 issues like Mm -hmm. so i hesitate to ask this next question is but do you have any other projects that you kind of are dreaming up you're working on right now or is it fully focused right now on immortal era i do actually i have a few projects that i that i have in the works it's just I think I've been hyper-focused on just getting through this first story arc, getting the first trade out. And then what I'm hoping is with that first trade, as soon as it's out to launch the next comic book. And I have one book that I'm hoping to write that will be actually in in a shared universe with this same book, but it will be taking place in the 90s. So it'll all be before it happens. And really i guess that series would end when this one begins so it's it's a completely different tone though it's more black comedy than you know fantasy sci-fi makes so it'll be a, a different feel but it'll have a shared universe so we'll see overlap but the overlap might be okay there's the newscaster that we saw and little things like that yeah because the worlds won't ever connect but it would be in a shared universe and then I also have an all ages story that I'm planning on writing because 
I teach fifth grade and all my kids are like, I want to read your books. Like, nope, can't let you read my book. Kenny, if your parents came to ask me, I'd tell them no, but I want to write something that would work for them. And it's yeah. kind of autobiographical. It's like these kids discover a haunted house because me and my friends thought we discovered a haunted house when we were younger, but I'll make the house haunted for real. So something like that. So I have a couple that I'm hoping to launch. And then I'm working with another creator, Luke Stone. We're creating a series called um, Juror 13. Okay. So it was his basic idea, but it actually feeds into a story I wrote in college. And I said, I can take this and kind of incorporate that story in. He's kind of letting me fly with it. Gives me the notes to make sure it follows the pathway that he wants. But it's exciting because he's actually started posting the pages for that. So I'm thinking that'll be the first thing that I put out there that's not Immortal Era. So yeah. that should be the first thing to reach print. And we're releasing it six pages at a time. So the schedule works for me. And then when we get to 24, we'll put it into a, in a, into a book form and then put it out there in a single issue form. But it'll be kind of um, backup stories to his, to his books that he's putting out. Oh, cool. Very cool. Nice. Well, it sounds like you have a, a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of stuff going on. Um, so uh, where can people follow along with you and what you're creating and how to stay up to date with what you've got happening? Um, every All of my social media is under Finish Line Comics. That's the publishing company that I created when I started putting the book out. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then it's also finishlinecomics.com. So those are the best places to find me. And I try to put up new artwork and things like that so that people can see what's going on with the new issue. So I've been putting up new artwork every couple of days from issue six. And then I'll actually start putting out some of the issue seven artwork that won't be spoilery as well once once okay. the final pages are done. Nice. Well, Ed, thank you so much for just taking some time. Uh, all the links of social media, the Kickstarter are below, uh, are in this video. Before I let you go, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you want to talk about, about the book, about the Kickstarter or finish line comics. I always just want to make sure like that we didn't leave anything out. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you left anything out. And definitely if you check out the Kickstarter, hopefully I have something for you. I also have CGC graded copies of the book. So nice. I have the stuff for the high-end collectors as well, because I have, I have a few customers. That's all they want to buy from me. So I always make sure I get a handful graded of each new issue. So have some of those available, but yeah, there's lots of good tiers and I'm going to, definitely be adding at least one more original art page but i don't know which one because it's last one i sold kind of hurt it's like oh it sold so fast and i almost didn't want it to sell because it's a beautiful splash page but yeah <laughs> i know how that goes you're like oh i'll put it up there and i'll put it at a price no one will get it. and like shoot someone mm -hmm. got it dang it <laughs> yeah but no like you said it's got to be then cool to know that that's out there and gonna be out there and someone's you know home their comic lounge you know wherever but well, yeah um, someone can enjoy it and for me it would have just been sitting in the portfolio book right and, you know it, i would look at it here and there but hopefully someone sit up and really enjoys it properly absolutely absolutely well gang if you are watching this video or if you're listening on the podcast make sure you click the links in the description go support this kickstarter when this is 
airing. It's going to be on the tail end of the Kickstarter. Uh, so get that last push in, gang. Go support it. Go back this. Um, really awesome idea, Ed. I'm, I'm hoping people, uh, you know, get to explore it a little bit more with you. And uh, man, thanks again just for taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk about comics with me. Oh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Glad Absolutely. it finally worked out. Yeah, me too. So I, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for your patience and your, your, uh, your willingness to just hang in there with me. So uh, until we could get this scheduled out. So, but gang, uh, hopefully again, go support it. And with that being said, hopefully you can find some time to curl up, grab a book and nerd out. Peace.